We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, what's going on? It's Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. This is volume two, I guess, for this week. I'm Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com. We also got Mr. Sean Davis, of course, Recruiting Analyst here at IrishBreakdown.com, as well as the co-host of the Lefty Lucky Lefty. Let me try Let me try that again. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can go check that out on the CFB Nation feed for whatever podcast platform that you frequent. Sean, this is a weird week, man. It's a little bit of a weird week. Of course, today we had some media availability to talk about some of the defensive newcomers to the Notre Dame roster. So Brian Driscoll's out there. So yesterday we hit the mailbag. You should go take a listen to yesterday's show, by the way. It was a very long show. I wasn't able to stay the, the, the length of it, Sean. I was still over three hours. I'm like, man, this show just is wild. But we get an opportunity to do another Notre Dame recruiting hour, which will be a lot of fun topics. We're going to talk about the cornerback position in 2024. We're going to talk about the safety position in 2024. Obviously, the cornerback position already has two commits in the class in Leonard Moore out of the state of Texas, as well as Carson Hobbs out of the state of Ohio. If you heard us on our first recruiting hour this week on Monday, we also had an interview with Carson Hobbs that we played during that show. So not over, though, for Notre Dame recruiting at the cornerback position and definitely not over for the safety position. But, Sean, it's been a while, man, since we've had two shows in one week. I, I can't remember the last time that's happened, man, but it uh, it's busy times, man. Recruiting never stops, even during dead periods, it seems. We're talking all Notre Dame offensive coordinator decisions that are still to be made. It's, uh, it's going to be a wild offseason, man, but I'm excited for it. And the offers keep rolling on a daily basis. You know, we we tap in on the film of these guys when we post them on the board. And some guys we immediately say, oh, man, yeah, I see. I see what's up with this young man. And then others, you know, we have conversations about him, text thread. So it's a very, even though it's a dead period, it's yep. far from dead in the recruiting world. Far from dead. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It is, it is, no, yeah, I think that's the way to perfectly put it. Sean, it never dies here in the recruiting the recruiting of today's world, man. It's wild. I mean, guys are getting offered while we're in a dead period, right? And the offers keep rolling out. I mean, I had a couple offer pieces that have come up just today of conversations that I've had with recent recruits. So keep an eye out on IrishBreakdown.com as we kind of keep rolling through that. But again, this show is going to be dedicated to the cornerback board in 2024, mm-hmm. the safety board in 2024. We're going to be breaking down some of the key targets and kind of updating you with any of the latest and, you know, just kind of our opinions on the football players. And we're also going to show you all some film of some of these players. So it's not going to be as film centric in the sense that we're not going to sit here and break down every rep of player X, but we'll be playing the film in the background if you are on YouTube. So you'd be able to see the player that we're talking about in depth, in, in depthly, right? So we'll be able to work through this. Sean, and also mailbag at the end. There's already, Sean, before we start the show, we already had 10 mailbag questions, man. It is wild, this chat. I absolutely love it. Also love the community at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Go sign up there. But any mailbag questions, feel free to throw them in throughout the show. We'll hit it in the second section of this podcast. And uh, that is the part of the podcast where you all, Drive the conversation. What do you want to talk about? What questions do you want to answer? What topics do you want to hit? That is your part of the podcast that we love to hit, and we hit every single day because, honestly, it's fun just to talk ball, right? So mailbag questions. If you put an MB in front of the mailbag question, it would be very much appreciated because it helps me. I, I I don't know if people know this, but I got a little bit of ADHD, man. So sometimes I can't pay super attention at times, and you'll see my eyes wandering a little bit. So hit that MB. I'll always know that the mailbag question is coming up. So, Sean, I want to start us out with the cornerback group, which is an interesting conversation for mm-hmm. no, as we stand. As of now, and I already hit on this a little bit, Notre Dame has two commits for a cornerback in the 2024 class. They have Carson Hobbs out of Archbishop Moeller in the state of Ohio. They also have Leonard Moore out of Round Rock High School in Texas. Both very long, athletic corners. Mm-hmm. Kind of the brand that Mike Mickens really likes. And I, it's going to be interesting, Sean, because most people would be like, all right, well, you have two corners. You're done, right? Notre Dame is not done at cornerback. And that's why we're going to talk about the rest of the board here. 
The, so if they ended with just two quarterbacks in this class, Notre Dame would be a happy, happy staff. They would yeah. be right. You don't need to push it to three if you don't if you don't like a player that is out there, right? But Notre Dame does like several players that are still out there at cornerback that they are going to continue to push for. So the hope is that they can get the three. Will they be upset if they if they just land the two that they have? Absolutely not. They're both incredibly talented football players, but there is a potential need for the third corner in the class, Sean. I think that speaks to the 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 era that we're in right now, man, with the passing game, what it is, with the need for great defensive backs, with defensive backs being able to play both outside and at nickel. I feel like a, a three-man cornerback class is what would uh, – Notre Dame was looking at the possibility in the last cycle, depending on what the fit looked like. But now that you're looking here, Notre Dame looks like their three cornerbacks is the need in this class. You know what's interesting about the situation they sit in? Because we look at the two guys that they got last year. I'm 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 looking at Leonard Moore, the recent commit, and I'm like, okay, I'm watching this film, and he can be the boundary guy, right? And I felt that way about well, I think Christian Gray can really play anywhere or a lot of different yes. places. But I think Christian Gray is is the boundary guy in the in the 23 class, and I think um, Michael Bell would definitely be. Yeah, the, the field guy. And he I has to play the field with his size, yeah, right? Yeah, and I think it's the same thing because I think Carson Hobbs is very much a field guy at this point in comparison to Leonard Moore, who will be the boundary guy. But the way football is now, it's almost like when you go out and recruit at that position, you 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 have to get you a boundary guy, you have to get you a field guy, and then you have to get you a guy that's interchangeable that can play in the slot. Like, you have to sure. foresee that. Like, we need a guy that can play in the slot do this and do that. And it's very interesting the way Mike Mickens goes out and gets in on these guys early, right? And when he gets in on them early, you know, I talked to him maybe, I want to say it was like the first week, second week of January when he's out on the road. And, you know, jokingly, I'm like, dude, (laughs) what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for everything. I'm looking for everything. And there's a hunger in his recruitment that obviously he loves to watch film. Obviously, he knows what he's looking for. And secondly, he's not stuck. And once again, he's not stuck on, don't get me wrong, he loves the same guys that everybody else in the nation loves, like the top 10 cornerbacks, Jalen Walkway, uh, the kid out of Pennsylvania that I forget his name at this point. Amelia Agard. Amelia Agard. Yeah, everybody, man, no brainers. Yeah. But he will go and find dudes, right? Yep. Find a Benjamin Morrison. Go and find, I think Carson Hobbs is a dude, right? In multiple ways. I think he's a great personality for the recruiting class. I think he's going to be a personality and confident player for Notre Dame when he gets here. Like, there's an art, and you know this, from talent evaluation, what you do with the NFL draft. That's an art to it, right? Because you say we all have biases when we're looking at film. Yep. We all have preconceived biases. And when you go into that, to be able to take a step back from your bias and objectively look at what you want, what you need, and when it pops, you can recognize it. That's something that Notre Dame has been able to benefit from recruiting a Mike Mickens so I'm interested in seeing where they go. Yeah. Because we already know pretty much what the two guys that are in the fold in 24 are or what yep. they expect them to be. 
Now we're interested, and we'll get into this a little bit, where they're going to go with the next one if they do add. Are they just going to go to a utility-type guy, or are they going to go get another dog, right? And one in particular that we know they're interested in still is without question a flat-out dog. Yes, yes, it certainly is. And, Sean, we had a couple – chats that I wanted to just bring up here quick because it's pertinent to kind of the numbers conversation that we're having a little bit. So Lance Hab asked, is Notre Dame looking to add players that can play both more field corner or boundary corner, or does it not matter? I would say Lance with how it is, and Sean just hit on this a little bit, right? I think that personally, I think Leonard Moore could play. I think he's a boundary corner most likely, but I do think that he could play a little bit of both, right? So he has a little bit of versatility to him. Carson Hobbs is going to be an interesting guy because he's got the length, and if he takes his speed up a notch, which I think he already has this offseason, he could be a guy that could play a little bit of both spots as well. So ultimately, mm-hmm. and this isn't as much intel, it's just kind of my pulse with the guys that are on the board evaluating them. I think they're just looking for a really good football player at this point, right? They're looking, they're going to take their shot at a couple elite players that we'll talk about, but there's a couple other corners on the board too that are highly talented that we'll talk about that could also have some outside inside versatility. So I think it's just about getting a really good football player, man. I don't think it matters as much about finding an extra boundary corner, finding an extra field corner. I think it's about finding a good football player that can maybe do a little bit of a couple different things, right? So great question, Lance, kind of get us kicked off. And then hey, Brandon before Pl- you Sorry. go into that, before you yeah. go into that, I'm very yep. interested. What advantage do you think Mike Mickens has knowing? Look, his guy just walked around, walked on stage last night at NFL Honors as the defensive player of the year, ranked number 2000 in high school. That's Mike Mickens right there. So Mike Mickens is just like the defensive backs that he goes out and looks at, that he's confident. He's very confident in his ability to develop. Right. How much of an advantage is that for him? It's huge. When he starts going out and looking at these guys on film. It's massive, Sean. Especially, I mean, during the Carson Hobbs interview, he mentioned the whole Sauce Gardner thing, right? He's like, Mm -hmm. Mike Mickens found Sauce, and he was like a two-star recruit by a lot of people, maybe a three-star by a couple. Absolutely. He saw that talent and he developed into a top five NFL draft pick and a defensive player of the year. Like that's, that's, that speaks for itself, right? We talked about yeah. Benjamin Moore during that interview as well. You found a guy that wasn't ranked in the top 300 by any recruiting service. And he was a freshman all American and led your team with six interceptions. He also took Cam Hart as a former wide receiver and it's turned him into an NFL player at cornerback, a future NFL player. So, I mean, yeah, that development speaks for itself at the end of the day, right? And I think he said literally, I think Hobbs, Carson Hobbs literally said like word for word, like, why would you not want to play for Mike Mickens? Like, look what mm-hmm. he does with dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And that matters, man. That matters. Yep. And I, I think that's a great way to start the cornerback conversation because Brandon Pleasant also asked, Ryan, a three cornerback and three-man safety class or three cornerbacks and two safeties or two and two with one hybrid who can play both like more potentially. He's talking about, of course, Leonard Moore maybe playing some safety as well. Brandon, I think – so they – I t- from our understanding, they want three true corners. They want three guys that can play on an island or move around a little bit. I think that they would be good with two safeties if they were the right two safeties. But I think that if there's a if there's a three man class of like guys that you just can't not you can't just say no to, I think that they mm-hmm. would potentially push it to three. But I would say a two man safety class is more than likely right now. But that could get pushed to three. But I, so I think it's three corners, two safeties initially. 
but that could always change. So great question to get us started here, though. And Sean, let's, you know, be couldn't buy again. Notre Dame has two corners in this class already. So what does that allow you to do? And two corners that they really like, by the way, they, mm-hmm. that they really like both Carson Hobbs and Leonard Moore. So what does that give them the ability to do with their third corner? It gives them the opportunity to shoot for the big dogs. Yeah. Let's go get the big dogs. So we're going to talk about two guys in particular, and then a couple more that are on the board that present that opportunity for Notre Dame to really shoot for the stars, you know, really take their shot, whatever, whatever cliche you want to throw in there. Yeah. And I'm going to play some film as we talk about a couple of these guys. But I really think, Sean, the, the conversation starts with Caleb Beasley, who is, again, Man. committed to the University of Tennessee. And a cornerback, of course, out of the state of Tennessee. But he's no he's it's no if, ands, or buts about it. Caleb Beasley has always really liked Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Tennessee had a lot of momentum this season, man. They put together a tremendous year. They did a, you know, a great job developing talent on the offensive side of the ball specifically. And I think Caleb fell in love with the proposition, right? But eventually that stuff does wear off a little bit, right? Just to a degree. I'm not saying that he's going to end up not with Tennessee. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that Notre Dame has not given up this fight yet, even though he's committed to the University of Tennessee. Because as we see this film for Caleb Beasley, he was at the Irish Invasion last year. He was the best defensive back on in attendance by far. He has mm-hmm. a great relationship with Cam Williams, with C.J. Carr, with the Jack Larson, with that group that was at the Irish Invasion. Notre Dame's not going down without a fight on this one, Sean. Like, just because he's committed to Tennessee, it's not over for Notre Dame. They're still going to take the shot with Caleb Beasley. You're absolutely right. And the momentum that they had, it shows that it still resonates with the young man during the open period when he had a visit from Marcus Freeman. And he tweeted it out, how excited he was to have Marcus Freeman come and check out his basketball game. The connection is still there without question. We understand the momentum that Josh Heupel in Tennessee created last year. Can they keep that up, though? That's the next step. Hendon Hooker's gone. Can Joe Milton keep that up? They lost a lot on defense. What is that defense going to look like? And it's in the SEC. Now they go to Alabama. Now some of those tough games that they had at home, they have to go on the road. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Vols react and whether or not they can build upon that. And while you're watching that, that's going to be something that Notre Dame in 23, in my opinion, raises itself from that nine and four season. Think it not yep. strange that the momentum of Tennessee, Notre Dame starting out 0 and 2, had a profound impact on Caleb Beasley and the fact that Tennessee snagged some of his friends in the state of yes. Tennessee that ended up committing just like him. So there were several factors that led him to commit as early as he did to the University of Tennessee. But I'm glad to hear that Notre Dame is going down swinging on this one because I do think they have more than a puncher's chance to get back in the race and eventually have the ability to get them on campus, possibly go to a game during the fall and then make a push to get them to sign on National Sign Day. That would be fantastic. And I think they're doing this because most, most, most of the time when Notre Dame, when the player commits or walks away from Notre Dame, we see Notre Dame kind of respect that, move on. Just back with off this, a little bit. Yeah, right. with this, yeah. it's obviously different because of the player, but because of the obvious relationship that was there as well that has continued, so that you, you spoke about. K- Caleb Beasley has made it no secret 
that he really likes Notre Dame. And he, I mean, Sean, you talked about it, right? He was, he seemed a little giddy that Marcus Freeman was coming to his basketball game. Like he did, mm-hmm. man. I, I think that, and I think Jason Smith said it in the chat, and I agree with him to a degree, actually to a large degree, I should say. I do think that that commitment to Tennessee was a little bit emotional of a, of a decision. I do. Absolutely. I think that this one is not over with is my point. And Caleb is a tremendous player, talented. And the reason that Notre Dame's taking a push at him, Sean, because I, I think the rankings are silly on this kid. I mean, he's ranked as like a hundred something by most. I think he's a top 100 kid by one. He's a top 50 football player, whether he ends up at Notre Dame, in my opinion, because he kind of like what we talked about with the, the couple guys that are already on the board. I think that he could play both spots, field and boundary. And I also think that he could play nickel early on for you as well. Despite being a six, one guy, six foot guy. I think that he has really nice change of direction. He's got nice vertical speed. This is a tremendous football player in my opinion. So Notre Dame needs to stay on him. Notre Dame is going to stay on him. And I think that that, I mean, again, that serves, I I mean, I, I don't think it takes long for you to watch his highlight tape and say like, this guy's a dude, man. And at the end of the day, the thing that we laud the Notre Dame staff for is that they are relentless as recruiters and they're going to remain relentless with this young man because he is that talented of a football player. So I think that he's a tremendous fit potentially if they're able to get back in with him for sure. Because again, I think that when you look at the length that they have in this class, all three of these corners, if they were able to land a Caleb Beasley or flip a Caleb Beasley, I think that they all would fit, would fit, very well together, which is, yeah. I, I think, the biggest part about this conversation for me is that they would all fit tremendously. Yeah, and I think it puts tremendous pressure, in my opinion, when you stack classes like this at the cornerback position, it puts tremendous pressure on defensive coordinators to be able to recognize where is this guy at. Like, people have to recognize where Benjamin Morrison is lining up this year. That has to be in a quarterback's mind. Like, okay. Where's 20, which benefits the other guys. It's almost the same thing on the defensive line, right? You're trying to set up one-on-ones for your best pass rushers. And in this situation, you know, you're trying to give opportunities to the other defensive backs to be able to make plays where you place this particular defender. And if you continue to stack Micah Bell, Christian Gray, Caleb Beasley, along with Carson Hobbs and Leonard Moore. Now you're pressuring the offensive coordinators to try and figure out what exactly do I do? Like, where can I go? How can I attack this defense? It's going to be very interesting because I think that's one of the things that's going to raise the level of Notre Dame's defense to be a true title contending defense is the ability to defend man to man. Like, yes, you have to have the, the ability across the board in the college football playoff to defend man to man, especially in big moments. Yeah. In big games. And I also think that one prototype we're seeing Mike Bickens go after, and there's been a couple guys that don't quite fit this category because obviously Micah Bell is not the tallest or longest corner of all time. Jaden Mickey wasn't either. But for the most part, Mike Mickens has really valued length at that position. And yes. I think that length. Not only do you talk about the man coverage ability, Sean, there to play it across the board. I also wouldn't be surprised if eventually uh, Carson Hobbs is a safety. If Leonard Moore is eventually a safety. That's what the that's what the recipe was at Cincinnati, was let's get these long corner types. Mm-hmm. And if they fit in at nickel, Arquan Bush, or they fit yeah. in at safety, Brian Cook, 
Yeah. They'll make them fit ultimately. So I think that that's the body type you need. That's the body type they're looking at. And I think that that's what you're seeing Notre Dame really prioritize, which is why the other, the other big name that's on the board that Notre Dame is taking a long look at is Aaron Scott, who is a cornerback out of Springfield, Ohio. He's in a Buckeye territory. Yeah. And Sean, the reason I want to start with Caleb Beasley is because out of Caleb Beasley and Aaron Scott, which are both somewhat unlikely at the moment because we talked about Caleb Beasley, right? He's already committed yeah. to an SEC school. It's not like he's an uncommitted player out there. And he's just kind of, he's still trying to find his home, right? Like he technically has a home right now. Aaron Scott is, I, I would be, I'll put it like this. He's in a, he's in an environment and a, in an area that is heavy Buckeyes, right? Like that's a Buckeye area. Yeah. So I ultimately think that it's less likely that you're able to get an Aaron Scott out of Ohio for Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is making their push for him, man. They are. And I've talked a little to Aaron, a little to Aaron in the past, and he speaks very highly of Mike Mickens. He does. Again, is that going to be enough to push him towards Notre Dame instead of going to an Ohio State brand, right? Because Ohio State does want Aaron Scott. We'll see. But regardless, this is the second big name on the board because this is another kid, length, athleticism. It pops off the field, man. This is a talented, talented football player. You know, initially I thought this is the type of kid that's going to Ohio State, right? I'm like, he's going to Ohio State. And then I say, well, you know, Carson Hobbs was uh, an Ohio kid as well. And I said, okay, maybe going after Aaron Scott will be a problem. Then I started to watch his film, and I said, oh, I see why you want to fight for this kid. You know, he, in my opinion, I would probably rank, I don't know, he for me, he's right below Caleb Beasley. He's right below Caleb Beasley. And yep. that's not including the other guys that, you know, we talked about. We talked about Emilio Gar, but I'm talking about the guys we're talking about today. Yep. I think this young man has a really high ceiling and I think he can get better. But I yep. love I love this film. Absolutely love this film. And he he plays on the offensive side of the football as well, plays wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I know Christian Gray got a little opportunity against him, I believe, in the first game of the year yeah, the this first year. Game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that those ball skills really show up. And someone said it perfectly in the uh, someone said it perfectly in the chat. It was, they said Aaron Scott plays so fast, it's like everybody else is in slow motion. I mean, that's yeah. honestly how it looks. And yeah. the one thing is that I think that Caleb Beasley for me is a little more college ready. Like I think that yes. he plays comes in year one, he's ready to go. Yeah, I would yeah. say Aaron Scott is more developmental, and not developmental in a bad way, like that he's going to be a year three player. It's just that he's 165 pounds right now. You know, like. Yeah. He, develop physically and get stronger but the tools are silly man i mean he can run with anyone he's long as anything the the tools are there man like no doubt about it the confidence that you have knowing like you saw on a couple of the crossing routes like you know you run crosses to get away from man-to-man coverage (laughs) he's able to quickly close but he's doing the same thing that we saw benjamin morrison do in the clemson game right get underneath and trail and his makeup speed is absolutely ridiculous. And he has confidence in that speed. So his ceiling for me is extremely high, extremely high. Yep. You connect that with the development of Mike Mickens, and you might have a monster on your hands in Aaron Scott. Yep. 
So it's going to be worth a, a long look. And I, I really like the fact that he also plays a lot of zone on top of playing man-to-man. So he's a pretty yeah. scheme-versatile player, which is nice, Sean. And so he's got to keep a close eye on if you're Notre Dame. A couple people said, you know, in the chat that, you know, Brendan Vernon chose Ohio, uh, didn't chose Ohio State. You mentioned Carson Hobbs. Him being an Ohio kid is not why I believe that he's a lean towards Ohio State, right? Brendan Vernon, and I got a lot of great insight from the Vernon side of things of why he ultimately did not pick Ohio State. Just wasn't a great fit, right? So that one wasn't a great fit. Carson Hobbs, Sean, I mean, he said that he just wanted to leave Ohio. Like, he doesn't want to be in Ohio. Cool. Some guys are like that. Aaron Scott, I'm not sure, is necessarily like, I need to leave Ohio. Like, that's, you know, that's where I need to go. I think that he does really like Ohio State. That's kind of why I say, like, you need to really battle to pull him away. But regardless, again, this is another elite-level talent that's on the board, and I think we we ended the conversation with Caleb Beasley with fits. Yeah. I think that this kid fits as well because I could say for me that Leonard Moore or Carson Hobbs might be a safety down the line, but I think Aaron Scott is definitely a corner. Like He's staying on the outside. He's playing man-to-man coverage, and it allows Absolutely. you to maybe move other guys if you need to improve the safety depth, in my opinion. Now, interesting in that. What you just talked about, it really is a tandem because we could talk about safety recruiting. And a lot of people might say, man, safety recruiting is a big question for me. Ah, That's fine. But you just pointed out some things with the versatility of the guys that they're adding and stacking guys. You're giving yourself the opportunity to not only impact your defensive backfield at the cornerback position, but later on down the line also at the safety position. So I I totally agree. I, I would grab three cornerbacks every year you know i i just would i would just grab three every year and if i got greedy and knew i could get a fourth that was an elite player i wouldn't shy away from getting a fourth i just think that position is vitally one at least one of the top three or four important positions in college football right now yeah in the modern game i agree 100 yeah. percent. because yeah. the other good thing too sean is that if you keep recruiting the types that you're recruiting then a couple of those guys could play safety, right? Like yeah. I don't think Chris, I don't think Christian Gray will ever have to play safety. Like I just, but if you need a Christian Gray to play safety, do you think he could play it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's no doubt about it, you know. Absolutely. But so keep recruiting these long, athletic kids that have physicality, and you're going to continue to get guys that fit that mold. That if you are backloaded with cornerback group, like if you have a crazy cornerback group, and but you're struggling with a little bit of depth at safety. You can move a guy. You have yeah. that You have that prerogative if you choose to do that, right? So the ability to play man-to-man coverage, you said it, across the board, that is such a bonus in today's game, both on the college game and in the NFL game. That is just a huge bonus. And then having guys that are alignment versatile is big time. And I think that those, that's what those two players for me are. They're alignment versatile football players. So that's where we are. That's kind of the two big guys on the board. There are a couple other guys on the board, though, that Notre Dame does really like that we want to hit on, Sean. I'm going to pull a film on one as we're kind of introing him. But one guy is Jeremiah Newcomb, who is a cornerback out of the state of Arizona, who was pretty recently offered about a month ago by Notre Dame. He's a little bit of a different case study compared to the – he's a little bit different to the Aaron Scott's Caleb Beasley types, right? Yeah. The long guys that could play boundary. 
Jeremiah Newcomb's more in the 5'11", 175 range. Uh, me and Brian were talking about him before, Sean, and I, I'm curious if you if you agree with this. But he's more of – you remember when Jimmy Lake was having his success at cornerbacks at Washington, he reminds me of one of those guys, man. He's like, a, he's like a Kyler Gordon. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the kid that's playing with the Chiefs now that was drafted by them in the first round? His name always escapes me, but he's a good football oh, player. Man. It'll come to me in a second. I mean, he's playing in the Super Bowl. I should definitely know his name. But he's a good football player. But I think about those types, man. man Jalen sit- Watson. Jalen Watson is the other rookie. He's the Washington State kid, yeah. Right. Oh, man. I'll, I'll look it up, man. We have yeah. Google now, so we can figure this out pretty quickly. But, I mean, you think about the Kyler Gordons of the world. Mm-hmm. You think about the Byron Murphys of the world. You think about that brand. Guys that maybe aren't the most. Trent McDuffie, just someone said in the chat. You guys yes. are awesome. Thank you, Nathan Thank you. and Colin. Appreciate you very much. So the Trent McDuffie style. Guys that are incredibly tall, aren't incredibly long, but they're so cat quick. They're yeah. so explosive. And he's a player that I believe, I'm going to get filled up here in a second, mm-hmm. could play fields, corner, and could play nickel. That's what right. I see in a guy like a Jeremiah Newcomb. Really impressive short area quickness. I agree totally. You know, watching this film, he gives you that type of vibe. And I don't like saying this about kids, man. I just really don't. He's not a developmental is the word, I guess, I would use. I, You know, project, I don't like using the word project. Okay, if you if you can be offered by Notre Dame, you're not a project, in my opinion. You you're a guy that can play pretty pretty good football with good coaching, which I guess some people could consider that. I consider it to be developmental. The state of Arizona, they go back to mine one more time, right? They Benjamin Morrison, and they go right back again with Newcomb. And I was doing research because I was like, well, I wonder if he's related to the Newcomb kid that played defensive back in Nebraska back in the nineties. And I think there is some type of connection to some people that I talked to, but I want to do some more digging on that. Like I said, when you bring up his film, I think people are going to see, like, he's very athletic, uh, bringing special teams value to you, and plays a lot of off coverage. They, you know, when you watch film, you watch Carson, Carson Hobbs, you watch Aaron Scott, you're going to see them play a lot of man to man. You're going to see Caleb Beasy play a lot of man to man. You see a lot of off-man coverage with this young man, but his awareness, his ability to stick his nose in there and tackle well, he loves to hit. He's just an all-around football player, and I think that's what you see when you watch his film. I think Mike Micken sees that. He's just a football player. You might not have the Aaron Scott, Caleb Beasy speed that you're looking for, but he's just a really good football player, knows how to play the position. And I think that's one of the things that attracted Brian Driscoll to Benjamin Morrison when he watched this film. It's like, like man, this kid knows how to play the position. And yes. I, I kind of get that vibe when I watch Newcomb as well. Like, he knows how to play the position. He can get better. And he plays both sides of the ball. So ball yep. skills, once again, when you talk about it, the understanding of routes and route combinations, all of that comes into play. I think Jeremiah Newcomb would definitely be a great pickup if Notre Dame indeed was able to go ahead and get him to come to the University of Notre Dame. Once again, you pointed out just another defensive back who's long, has great length. Like I said, his special teams jumped out to me watching this film. I'm like, yo, this this is special right here. Like cutting the back across the field like that. His vision. Go ahead. 
Sean, I was just going to say, because I, I keep thinking back to the Washington thing, right? Because he is a West Coast kid, obviously, playing out of reserve. Somebody, somebody asked what his competition level is. He plays at Queen, Queen, Queens Creek, so it's good competition out in Arizona. Arizona yeah. football is really improving. We talk about that a lot. But this just kid, man, he just reminds me so much of Trent McDuffie, man, because he's so, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but he's so physical. He's a very fast trigger. Screen game, he kills. This is a kid, Sean, for me. That he's a field corner long term, but mm-hmm. if he's a r- freshman and he's one of your best corners, you might need to throw him in the nickel to just get him on the field. Like he's yeah. that type of kid, man. The yeah. click, the click and close that this kid has, the zone awareness and the physicality yeah. he has for his size, yeah. kind of special, man. I think it's really yeah. special. I do. I, I think just going to the pro ranks, you know, you talked about Kyla Gordon, who's in that Jimmy Lake Jimmy Lake lineage. He came to the Bears and he struggled. Yep. Right. He struggled because they needed him in a slot and playing slot in the NFL is a totally different beast. But then once they got to week seven or eight and he started to catch on, he took off and you start to you start to see the turnovers. You start to see the interceptions, the forced fumbles. So, like you said, you put him in a slot. Eventually, he might struggle a little bit early on in the college game. But because he knows how to play the game, he's going to pick it up pretty quickly. And then you'll see him start to take off. I think he will have the same type of trajectory. Because I think we saw that with Jaden Mickey this year. Like playing a slot yeah. is, is totally different. It's just different. And you ask a young man, a freshman, to, to play that position, they're going to struggle a little bit. But once they once they learn and turn the corner, sky's the limit. Can we? Just- and, and you know what, Sean? Sean, I think that he plays a little bit like Jaden Mickey, except I don't think he gambles as much, right? But like, right, I think the good right. parts of Jaden Mickey's game are in Jeremiah Newcomb because he mm-hmm. sees the football man and he is incredibly explosive and physical, which yeah. is what Jaden Mickey is as well. It's just Jaden, you know, we know likes to gamble a little bit at times. Yeah. So I, I don't, yeah. I don't see a gambler here, but I see some of the same qualities that does make Jaden Mickey a really talented football player. Jaden Mickey has a little Marcus Peters in him. Yes, a little bit of a gambler, man. Has a, <laughs> a little Marcus Peters in him. And it's it's going to burn you at times, but it's also going to make some big plays at others. So. Hey, Mar- Marcus Peters is still considered a pretty darn good defensive back, man. He is, man. I mean, I'm a Rams fan, so Marcus Peters was on the team for a couple of seasons, man. Again, there's times where it drives you absolutely insane, mm-hmm. but then he gets – Six or seven interceptions in a season, and you're like, but you know, he he made a lot of play. It's like the Trevon Diggs thing right now, too, yeah. right? It's like Trevon Diggs gets offered a ton. I mean, gets beat a ton for the Dallas Cowboys, but then he'll have eleven interceptions last year, you know. Yeah. And it's it's kind of the risk versus reward, I guess, of having that type of player. But that's Jeremiah Newcomb again. I also think that Sean, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but I think Notre Dame continuing to recruit Arizona. Is a, is a big thing too, right? Like yeah, I, I think that yeah. they need to start having a bigger impact in the state of Arizona. They haven't really had a, a ton of success in that area, and I think that Arizona is getting better by the year. More talented crop of high schoolers coming out, and uh, yeah, I mean, because even this past cycle, like they had Elijah Page committed. Obviously, he flipped yeah. to USC, but I mean, guys like Deuce Robinson came out of Arizona this year, right? Who are fantastic yeah. football players, so. You need to uh, you need to recruit Arizona. You need to make an impact in that state when it matters, you know. So whether that is a Jeremiah Newcomb or it's an Elijah Rushing, hopefully, or a guy like that, like you need to make an impact in that state. But yeah, you're talking about a state in transition, a state that yes. used to be 
less populated. The population boom is happening there, just like it's a population boom in Nevada, a yep. uh, population boom in Texas with a lot of people from the Midwest moving these particular areas. The children, the talent continues to grow. High school football is booming in Nevada. You're starting to see schools outside of Bishop Gorman produce top talent there. Public schools now producing top talent. The same thing when you go to a state like Arizona. So absolutely, you have to tap into states like Nevada, Arizona, and Texas right now recruiting because there's a lot of talent to be there to uh, to get out of those particular areas. No doubt. And especially because Arizona State just got, obviously, Kenny Dillingham, right, who I think is going to do a good job there. But, you know, both Arizona schools are – trying to rebuild themselves right now. You know, Arizona with Jet Fish, Kenny Dillingham now in Arizona State. If you're able to go down to Arizona occasionally and pluck one of the better players out of there and not let all of them go to USC or somebody like that, that could be big time for Notre Dame as well. So, Sean, the last guy we want to talk about on the cornerback board, there's going to be the guys that we think that are probably going to be offered at some point and added, and the board will constantly change, right? But the other guy that we know that Notre Dame likes a ton – is John Mitchell, who is a cornerback out of the state of Florida, listed six foot, 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. Another very talented kid. And I'm going to pull up the film for you all to kind of take a look and, you know, get some eyes on for the first time. This kid, and I think Brandon Pleasant just put it in the chat, which is a great note that uh, Alabama just offered this kid, right, Sean? So, of, um, of course they did. Of, of course they did. Of course. He's at the top of the screen, more in the mold of the first two guys, more than Jeremiah Newcomb. He's a little bit longer of a player. But the things I love about John Mitchell, Sean, is that I think this kid can really run, and he has some ball skills, man. He has he has a couple plays on here where he has kind of adjust his body in the air, and you're like, oh, man, they uh, they, that looked like a wide receiver out there, you know? Like, that didn't look like a quarterback. So another talented – I mean, you see that speed off the edge there to block the yeah. kick. This is a really, really talented athlete out of the state of Florida, John Mitchell. Florida kid, right? So you oh, look at that believe. length, Sean. Sorry to cut I you know. off, but look at that length, man. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> Florida kid, so, you know, that's synonymous with speed. Yep. Absolutely. And <laughs> Notre Dame and Florida have had a tumultuous relationship <laughs> in recruiting, to say the least. Yes. But this young man is well worth it. He's well worth it, like you said. Very talented kid, two-way kid, very athletic, special teams impact. Once again, that seems to be a common thread with most of the guys that Mike Mickens goes after. Look at that. It's wild, man. Kid's very, very talented. So, again, I think he could also play a little bit inside if the need be is there, but he's a kid uh, similar to Aaron Scott. Needs to fill out and needs to get stronger. I mean, he's 160 pounds soaking wet right now. But the kid can run, and the kid is long, and the kid has ball skills. And whenever you have those three combinations, I'm going to be works. interested in you. That works. Yes. I, th- yes. I think I can deal with it at the position. Yeah, get you in the room and get you ready to play. It's just interesting that, you know, when you look at defensive back, cornerback situations, I think Notre Dame was not deterred at all. And this is a question I Brian and I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame learned their lesson in 2023 to pick up on certain signs with certain kids. But then I think they were not deterred as at, at all. Because I think a lot of people, the way things went late, thought that Notre Dame would just kind of back off. Like, oh, you know what? No, they've doubled down. They're like, yeah, you're darn right. 
You're darn right we're going after Caleb Beasley. We don't care, Tennessee. You're darn right. We're going down swing. You're darn right we're going after Aaron Scott. We don't care that he might be Ohio State lean. Because because those it. kids are Notre Dame fits, man. They yes. fits. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so that's encouraging is yeah. that the, the staff was not at all discouraged by certain things that happened. And, you know, I think whether it's Justin Scott, Caleb Beasley, Aaron yeah. Scott, you keep going on down the line. What Notre Dame was doing in the 24 class and the way this thing could pan out, you think we were happy and throwing up dancing gifs <laughs> all spring and summer this year? You just w- w- wait until this summer. Just yeah. wait. Yeah, man, it's still very exciting, obviously, on the recruiting side of things. But that's so that's the cornerback group for Notre Dame. Again, mm-hmm. two commits in the class already. You just keep your eyes on them shooting for the big guys, like Caleb Beasley, Aaron Scott. You should keep an eye on Jeremiah Newcomb. You should keep an eye on John Mitchell. Sure, there's going to be other corners that cornerbacks that we'll talk about in the future that Mike Mickens, because Mike Mickens is a grinder, right? So he's constantly evaluating players that fit Notre Dame. So I'm sure we'll talk about it. And I think cornerback recruiting is obviously in great hands, Sean. Safety recruiting is a little bit of a different vibe, just slightly right now, right? Because we have in the 2022 cycle, Notre Dame was not able to sign a single safety. 2023. They're able to sign three because they ended up getting a Don Shoulder that's unfortunately has to miss spring ball recovering from a shoulder injury. They got Ben Minich, who was also an early enrollee to Notre Dame. And they got Brandon Hillman, who's kind of a do-it-all player that might end up being a rover eventually, but he's playing safety to begin his Notre Dame career. So you got a three-safety class. It's a good safety class still. It's a very good safety class in my opinion. But you had a five-star in Peyton Bowen that was committed to Notre Dame, and then you lost him at the end, obviously, right? So – The question mark is not as much can Chris O'Leary get good football players because I think he has gotten good football players, and he's done a good job coaching, in my opinion, for the talent that he's had. The question is, can Chris O'Leary get elite football players? That's the question mark, right? So let's work through some of the names, Sean, because Notre Dame does have a big – they have a big safety group that they're looking at, and there's a lot of really talented kids – on the board here, mm-hmm. right? So, and there's a bunch of players that were to go through that we would say are right near the top of the list for Notre Dame. I still think that they are keeping a pretty wide range of some really talented football players that we'll talk about a little bit, right? And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. The first name, Sean, everyone, you know, will not everyone will want to start with, but we're going to start with is Bronte Johnson. That's an in-state player, obviously out of Northside High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Very aware of Notre Dame. They were Notre Dame was not late to offer Bronte Johnson, but I think there were some things that they needed to kind of get reassured on that side, right? You know, just making sure that the fit makes sense from all vantage points. Offered Bronte, and as long as the fit makes sense for as long as as long as both sides are comfortable with with each other, I should put it like that. I think that Notre Dame has a very good chance at Bronte Johnson, and that's where I think the state of this recruitment is because he's a top hundred player by multiple platforms. Some schools are recruiting him, and you'll see him on this highlight tape at wide receiver a ton. Some schools do like him at wide receiver. Notre Dame is recruiting him as a safety. And, Sean, I, I think that the, – the, so for me, and I, I'm curious on your opinion on Bronte, because Bronte is a crazy athlete, man. 6'3", mm-hmm. length, fast, explosive. 
I can tell, though, by his wide receiver highlights, and I've seen it kind of in person and on videos, he's not a really natural hands catcher, which is why I think Notre Dame doesn't love him at wide receiver. Kind of uses his body a lot because I just don't think he's a confident catcher of the football. But this kid's explosive, man, and he's long, and he is he's the type of athlete that Notre Dame needs to add to the safety room because he has elite-level traits, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Once again, you know, talking about a kid has a relationship with Notre Dame. If I'm not mistaken, he was at the Irish Invasion as well. He has a good relationship. This, this is one of the relationships that Cam Williams had before Notre Dame. Like Cam Williams talks about that, their relationship going back and forth, being in the same region, seven on seven. Like, yeah, like, man, that's my guy. We talked, and this was before Notre Dame, before he committed. So I think he's comfortable with Notre Dame, and I'm glad they had to go through that vetting process to make sure everything fit. Yep. But on top of that, I totally agree with you. He raises the level of – and goes back to what you said. Because a lot of people want to throw – just a tad bit of shade at Chris O'Leary or throw a couple of question marks towards him when it comes to his recruiting. But the job that he's done coaching yep. what he's had to coach, like you can't talk about, we constantly talk about Xavier Watts, right? Well, that goes to Chris O'Leary. Like if yep. Xavier Watts is flashing and you feel confident about what he might be able to be at that position on the back end in 2023, that's Chris O'Leary's coaching. So you have to give him credit for that. And I thought, the guys that maybe didn't perform as well performed well. I thought DJ Brown had his best season. I I th- really- I, Sean, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I think, look, is DJ Brown a great football player? No, no. he's not. He's not. But I, I would argue that Chris O'Leary has gotten, the, has gotten the most out of DJ Brown's talent and Houston mm-hmm. Griffith's talent over the last Absolutely. few years. I would Absolutely. say that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and with that being said, yeah. The next step is for him to go ahead and add elite talent. We know he can coach. Look, we know we have two coaches on the back end at cornerback and safety that can coach and develop the position. Now we're just waiting for Chris O'Leary to go and get those elite guys. And Tay-Tay would definitely be would, would fit that mode to get that type of talent in the uh, safety room. And the point blank period to it is if the, if there is a elite level talent in your state, it's that in your home state that fits and you can, and that fits your program, you have to get them right. Yeah. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day and yeah. Notre Dame has a high opinion of Bronte as a football player to our understanding. I know there was a kind of a, a chat about this, but uh, yes, I think that the fit right now is both sides are very comfortable with it, and I think that ultimately when Bronte does make his decision, I think Notre Dame will be right at the top of his list, if not number one. Like I think that they are in, in the lead right now for a Bronte Johnson. I do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Sean, we were talking about this. I think he's a guy that could eventually play a little bit of both safeties too. Like I don't think this is just a field. I don't think this is quite this boundary because he's 6'3". <clears throat> I think he's going to get to probably right around 195, 200 pounds because he's got that frame. And he's rangy, man. So he can play free safety. I think he can play strong. He can, you know, he can play whatever side you want him to. I would agree with that. I would yep. agree. I'm, I'm, I'm watching his film, and the one thing that's sticking out is, you know, does he still really have a desire? Does he think he can be a wide receiver? Yeah, and we, we actually – it's funny you ask that because Nathan Milton, who is a Milton fan for people out there, says does Bronte want to play safety? Melvin Fran, from everything we've been told, he is comfortable playing either. 
like he wouldn't be opposed to playing wide receiver, but th- I, I don't think that it's going to be a deterrence to play safety. It's kind of what, yeah. Like I, I think that he's comfortable playing both because he, he sees both sides to it as that he could be a impact player in his opinion at wide receiver, but he also thinks that he could be a high impact player at safety as well. Notre Dame likes and prefers him at safety and they've been very open about that. Does that mean that he would never get an opportunity to play wide receiver? I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm what I am saying is that the plan is safety is the best spot for him. So, yeah, I don't think I think that that I think that he is comfortable playing safety. There's no <coughs> doubt about it. Yeah. He's a talented kid, man. There's no doubt. Talent for Bronte Johnson will yeah. never be never a question. be question. Yeah, no. it's just always interesting when you have guys because he's probably the number one receiver on his team. Yes, he, he plays both ways. He makes plays. He's used to making plays offensively, so you can't tell him that he's not a good receiver. Or you know, he feels like he can do both on the yeah. college level. And you know, his mindset might be the difference between him choosing one school. Heck, he might be holding on to, let's say, some school come because you know how they. This is why recruiting is. There's no morality in mm-hmm. recruiting as much as we would love it to be. You know, you have schools that will keep kids hanging around by telling them, yeah, we, we love you at wide receiver. Like, we, we we want you to play wide receiver, right? And they're not a take at wide receiver for that, for that particular school. They're not. Like, if they don't get their guys, then maybe they revisit that. But they keep telling them, like, well, yeah, yeah, we love you at wide receiver, right? And they hold on to that when you have these other schools that are saying, yo, you're taking safety for us. Like, yo. Right. You know, and that's so that's where my mind is like, you know, going into the offseason, where is he really from a mental standpoint of what he wants to do and understanding what's out there, what's being told and sifting through, you know, what's the wheat or the tear of it, for lack of a better <laughs> analogy. So are you saying, Sean, that sometimes programs aren't honest with recruits? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, maybe, I'm just saying maybe people didn't know. I just thought I just thought I would enlighten everybody Ugh. today to say, yes, yes. They they that, keep young men in a holding pattern by by not being totally honest about what they think about them. That's the one thing I really like about that's what one thing I really like about the Notre Dame staff so far over these last, you know, the 2023 and 2024 is that they are very yeah. honest. They are. Yeah. I mean, they they're yeah. they're blunt sometimes, to be honest, which is good, man. I think it's a good thing. I don't and, and they're I, willing to take the hit for being honest. They are. They are. If, if there's a public or a PR hit, they're like, okay, yeah, we said it. <laughs> we said it. Oh man. It's, it's funny. Yeah, but you're right. There's a lot of programs that are not very honest in that regard. But yeah. So that's Bronte Johnson. When exactly he's playing on making his commitment is still kind of up in the air. I don't think he has a really definite, defined timeline. But we think that Notre Dame is in a good spot if, you know, for when he does make that make that decision known, right? Next guy I want to talk about, Sean, is a player that's starting to rise up the re- recruiting rankings a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's a four-star now by at least one platform. He was a no-star by anybody when Notre Dame offered him. And he also has offers from Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Some pretty good teams. Some pretty good teams. At both wide receiver and defensive back, both safety and corner, by the way. That's DeMello Jones, who is 
a player that we've talked about a ton, Sean. He was on our most underrated defensive player list yep. that we did a couple weeks ago. He is he obviously has the Notre Dame uh ties to his family. Obviously, his his uncle is Deke Cooper that played safety for Notre Dame in the late 90s, was a heavy hitting safety. And right now, DeMello is being recruited by Notre Dame at safety. He's also being recruited by multiple big-time schools as a wide receiver. Some like him as just an athlete to potentially play corner or wide receiver. I know people are going to ask him what his preference is. doesn't really have a preference. I had, I, had a po- I had a podcast with him individually. He just said he just wants to play football, man, and do whatever he can to be the best possible player he can be. So, you know, that involves getting the ball in his hand. Cool. That involves, you know, him playing corner. Cool. Said it could be a lockdown corner if he wanted to. But Notre Dame prefers him at safety. And I think eventually for me, I've talked about this already, DeMello Jones is not ranked as a top 100 player in the 2024 class as of now. But I think he will be when all is said and done. I'll just leave it at that. I wouldn't be shocked if this kid's a top 50 football player by a couple different platforms when all is said and done because he's out of – probably should have let off of this. He's a safety out of Swainsboro High School in the state of Georgia. Incredibly talented football player, man. So they asked him to do everything. He ran for over 1,200 yards, averaged 10 yards to carry on the offensive side of football, averaged like 27 yards a catch, also had a couple interceptions on defense, a lot of tackles. I mean, this kid does everything for his school. He said he averaged 10 yards per carry. It was like it was like hundred, it was like twelve hundred yards on 120 carries. Yeah. Dude, I mean it was like 10.6, if I remember correctly. It was a wild number. Yeah. I think the yards per carry, we kind of talked about this today. The yards per carry record at Notre Dame is like 9.3. <laughs> and that was probably on like very minimal carries, right? So. Uh, that was the it was the Gipper. It was George Gip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the day. That's that's crazy. 10 yards per carry in high school. That's that's bananas. And I mean, Sean, I mean, I love because he's got length to him, right? He's got a good body type. But this kid is just explosive, man. Like, that's the best way to put it about him. He, when he opens up and he turns and runs or gets off the line as a receiver, yeah. my guy can fly. He is a really talented, explosive athlete. Dare I say Kyle Hamilton? I mean, different body types, but I, I can get where you're going there. I, I mean, you're yo, you're talking about a guy. Look, he told he says I can be a lockdown corner if I want to. If he wants to, he said, yeah. "If I want to, <laughs> like, has nothing to do with anybody else. Like, if I want to be a lockdown corner, I can do that. That's that's nothing. Yes. You know, you put him back at safety, he's probably, you know, what a four point, a four, four point two at corner, as far as ceiling. Yeah, and you put him at safety, I probably you probably jump him up to four and a half to four point seven five on a five five scale." Because the thing I love about him at Swainsboro, Sean, is that he does a little bit of everything for the school. He does everything really well, right? So mm-hmm. I think at safety, it's hard to it's hard to hide this kid at safety, right? There's sometimes where if you have a really good corner, I yeah. can just throw to the opposite side of the field. I can side. run yeah. away from him. I can do all those types of things. Against safeties, it's hard to find. It's hard to completely avoid safeties at times, yeah. which is kind yeah. of my point. So yeah. that's the mellow, man. I, people are going to say – People are going to say, "Oh, he's not a—he's not highly rated by everyone. He, you know, shouldn't be a, a take." People have all crazy ideas, man. All I'll say is that kid would be a take for me as soon as he wants to come. If he ended up wanting to come Notre Dame, like I wouldn't even think twice about it, man. And I know, 
I know Notre Dame really likes DeMello Jones. I would just say it like that. The staff really likes DeMello, really talented player. He's a young man that I just talked to yesterday, I believe, or the day before, all these days kind of mesh. But he is 100%, according to him, is going to be on campus this spring or summer. He's still working out an official date, but you should expect DeMello Jones to make it to South Bend. He has never been on South Bend to South Bend before. Obviously, he knows a lot about the Notre Dame program for being yeah. the nephew of D. Cooper, but he's still a player that has not made the trip yet. So <clears throat> that'll be a big opportunity, I think, to get him there because right now he's a Southeastern kid, Sean. Yeah. That's all he knows, man. Yeah. He's a Georgia kid. It's where he lives. Yeah. Hey, but I think getting Deke, him up on campus is going to be a big opportunity. We need you on this one, Deke. <laughs> Call Deke up. Come on, Deke. Let's go, man. You on this one, Deke. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and I, I, I think Salty just asked, doesn't Georgia lead for Jones? We'll pull up a couple of these chats as we're working. Salty, I wouldn't say there's a leader. I would. I, I know that if you go on, like, I think it's 247, they have, like, their little, like, warm or whatever, the temperature gauge or whatever it is. But he – I don't think I don't think that there's a true leader. I think that he is very aware of the SEC schools that he grew up around, right? But I think that he also knows a lot about Notre Dame, and he is going to let the visits work their magic, right? That's so a- I, I don't think there's a leader. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Interestingly enough. Yes. I think one of the areas you can attack Alabama and Georgia at in recruiting is their secondary. Because I don't think their secondaries have been really that good. I think the front seven of Georgia has been really good and has protected the secondary of Georgia and Alabama in a sense. But in a st- the thing they still do is Ringo's going in the first round this year. Yep. Most likely, uh, yep. McKinstry's probably going in the first round next year, even though I Kool-Aid is – I need to see more from him. <laughs> yep. But he's probably going to go first round just because it's, it's Bama. So, yeah, I think in recruiting you can kind of attack them or go at them and say, yo, <laughs> you know, look what Benjamin Morrison is doing. Look what we did with 14 – we put him in the first round. Like now is the time where it's like, okay, we had somebody in the first round last year. We're probably going to have one first round in another year or so. Cam Hart is going to be drafted next year. You can kind of like go at Bama in Georgia in that particular area. So I don't know. If that's 
you can't particularly do that on the D line, maybe quite yet. But in the secondary, defensively, I think you can kind of line up and go a little bit toe for toe. Right you know now. what I, else I think is a is a, a slight advantage for Notre Dame in this conversation too, Sean, is that when you look at Notre Dame's offer list, for instance, there's four safeties for Georgia, just from the state of Georgia on Notre Dame's offer list. Yeah. Four different safeties. Yeah. Now, counting DeMello Jones, obviously, who's on that list, but you have Mike Matthews, who is pr- prefers to play wide receiver, but I'm still going to count him for this conversation. K.J. Bolden, who's a really talented player, five-star by a couple different services. And Noah Dixon is also from the state of Georgia. So the fact that there's such a volume of safeties in the backyard, that tells me personally that, you know, is is Georgia and Alabama going to get all these Georgia safeties, for instance, no. right? Like there's going to be one guy that probably leaves the Southeast. And I yeah. I mean, DeMel- a, that's why I think couple. that Notre Dame does have a shot at DeMello. It could be a couple, right? And this is when – this is how you attack that. Right, like man, do you want to wait? Like, I know they're telling you that they like you, but do you want to sit and wait while they're flirting around with this guy, flirting around with that guy? Like, you we want you now, and you see what what we've produced. We just put a safety into the first round of the NFL draft, right? So, I don't think from that, all the defensive players they put in the draft, seen, seen was a first round pick, right. He was. Vikings? Yep. Yeah, Lewisine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He was a first round pick. They they've had good fortune at corner. So I think Eric Eric Stokes went in the first round. Tyson Campbell went in the early second rounds yeah. the year before. So but safety's been one where, you know, Lewisine was the first rounder, but then they've had a bunch of just good players, you know, like the Chris like the um Christopher Smiths that are coming out this year. Right. I think Malachi, I think Malachi would be first, second round when he comes out. Started as a true freshman. It's possible. Malachi Starks, yeah, he's pretty yeah. good. Man. He's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good player. Yeah. Well, Sean, let's talk about a, another underrated safety that not a lot of people on the board talk about. And honestly, we haven't talked about him enough because we should because Notre Dame likes him a lot. Yeah. And that is Marquise Galagos, who is a safety out of the state of California, out of Chaminade High School, who Chaminade. I'm going to play some – Nice film up here, Sean. And this is a really interesting football player, man. He's going to be one of the more he's one of the more productive players that you're going to find in the safety group. I would not necessarily say that Galagos is the most physically impressive player in one area, right? Like I don't think his speed's elite. I wouldn't say he's an elite change of direction guy, but he's one of those football players, man, that is incredibly instinctive. Just always seem to be in the right spot. You see him kind of turn and run there. The ability to transition and show range on the back ends. This is a talented kid who they use from depth a lot. So I think the range is good. Wouldn't say it's 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 incredible, but it's a good range. I think he's a pretty big guy. He's you know he's got length. I should say he's got good physicality for the position. He's got good change of direction. Is any one area elite? I wouldn't say so. But I think Marquise is a kid that Notre Dame fans should start talking about a little more, man, because he is just one of those guys, good at everything and incredible eyes, just never in the wrong position. And he had a crazy year this year with returning um, interceptions, Sean. It was like six returns for like 300-something interception yards for some crazy number, man. Like He was a pick-six machine this year out of the state of California. So I, I, I like Marquise a ton. I know that he is – 
trying to get to Notre Dame here sometime this spring or summer. Obviously, being a California kid, travel is not quite as easy for some, right? And he's not a Midwestern kid, obviously. But this is a kid that Notre Dame does like. So he's a kid that we need to start talking about more. It's it's a kid that the Notre Dame fans and you know just supporters of the channel need to start talking about a little bit more as well because Notre Dame is in it with this kid, and I think that he does like them as well. So we'll see. When we talk about attacking other schools and recruiting, we definitely attack the schools out west in California right now, right? USC is struggling. Their defensive backfield has been really bad for a long time. You start to see a lot of these California kids that normally would go right to USC start to go to other schools, and you, you attack that with a kid like this. And he, he knows what USC looks like, so there's opportunity to play. But if you play, are you going to be developed? And right. That's that's what you tell a kid like this. Like, yeah, you can you can go play, or do you want to be developed, go in the first and second round, and get a Notre Dame degree? So there's plenty of opportunity in recruiting because people always worry about, you know, schools negative recruiting against Notre Dame. There's plenty of opportunity for Notre Dame to be able to counterpunch in recruiting in several states, in my opinion, in several positions. This particular guy right here, I think, where would you put, where would you rank him? Amongst the guys that we're going to watch today. Of the guys we're watching today, which we are watching a total of, let me just make sure I have the number right. One, two, three, four, five, six. We're watching six. We're going to talk about eight. He would be right in the middle for me, Sean, probably like three or four. I I like Galagos a lot. I do. He's a really instinctive football player. Yeah. And I I think that I might honestly be underrating his athleticism because I keep seeing him have these rangy plays working from like 15 yards deep, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I, I just think he's a good football player, man. I mean, again, it's the most basic announce that you can give that he's a good football player, Mm -hmm. but that's what he is. He just gets the job done, man. I mean, it's like a Don Schuler last year, Sean was a John Schuler elite in any one area. No, he wasn't elite in any area. But Don Schultz was just a good football player all the way around, man. Like, he could hit. He could run. He's a good athlete. Like, just one of those kids that gets a little bit underrated just because I just think that he doesn't have a flash to him, right? Like, there's no – there's not a play on tape that looks like something Bronte Johnson would do, for instance, right? But you also don't get the maybe lapses that a guy like a Bronte Johnson will have from time to time. You just – you can – Expect Mar- Marquise Gallegos to come in and give you good, solid play and hopefully develop into a higher up- upside type of player. But, you know, that's kind of what I see with a player like him. So, again, he is going to be coming on campus most likely sometime this spring or fall. I mean, spring, or, um, spring and summer. We'll see as things develop. But, again, he's a player that Notre Dame does like. So, you need yeah. to keep his – Keep his name on the uh, on the back of your minds. Sean, we're going to go, and I'm going to let you talk a lot about this kid's film when I bring it up because we're going to talk about a New Jersey guy, and I don't want people to call me biased, all right? so But you are. It's, it's okay. I'm biased? I'm not biased, man. Not biased. Uh, uh, the, Gar- the Garden State doesn't get a, enough respect, man, because the Garden State consistently puts out good football, and they don't, they don't get to talk about it, man. Absolutely. I agree with you. 
it's funny. We're, we're in a spot, you know, we're in Indiana, right? Where everyone's like, Notre Dame needs to lock down Indiana. New Jersey plays way better football than Indiana, man. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Way I don't know better? what's arguing that, but you think way, way better? better? Yeah. New Jersey? You're talking, yeah. you talking about collectively? Yes. I mean, Jersey has like what? Three or four historical private programs, dude. Bergen so, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Paramus and yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Peter's and right, Don Bosco and yeah, man, a lot of good football in New Jersey. But yeah. all that to be said is Seton Hall safety, the 2024 class, Jalen McLean, Sean, who is a very interesting football player because Notre Dame was initially targeting a couple different safeties in New Jersey, but it seems like Jalen has kind of separated himself as the guy that they're keeping their closest eye on right now. And I think that we see, for me, I think that he is a really explosive athlete, and he's played a little bit of everything on the back end for Seton Hall, man. Like you saw him in a man-to-man on the first play. You saw him coming down here and being able to fill the alley here as a true safety type. But he's played between safety and corner, and he's a really intriguing athlete, man. He's six foot, 185 pounds. He's got a good frame, though. I think he's going to be six foot, 200 plus, very easy. But I think that that short area explosiveness is something that I really look at. I'm like, when he triggers and he gets downhill, man, this kid's pretty dang explosive, in my opinion. So they use him there. He's their Ladarius Sneed on defense. Yeah, man. They can put him anywhere. They can put, put him, him at anywhere. nickel. They can put him yeah. outside. I mean, here he is, a man-to-man playing nickel right here. With the pass breakup. Yeah, I like. You know, I just prefer safeties that can blitz, that have a knack for blitzing. Because I think yep. it gives so much value to your pass defense. And, you know, I'm not I'm talking about guys that can time it. That's one of the things that I think. Ramon Henderson does well and probably might be the best at on Notre Dame's defense is timing his blitzes and knowing where to go through, what alley to go through when he blitzes instead of just running into blockers like most of the guys that blitz for Notre Dame <laughs> last year. They just, man, just run into the offensive line or the running back. And he he has that knack. Little little bit of swagger to him too, man. You can see him on some of these tackles. It kind of gets up nice and slow, looking at dudes. You know, and here's the speed, man. Okay, here's the speed. Touchdown, saving tackle. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I think this kid's a really talented athlete, though, man. This might be one of the more high upside players at the position, in my opinion, of the list that we're talking about. Like Marquise Gallagos, who we just talked about, Sean, I don't think is an incredibly high upside player. I think he's a pretty high floor player, he's though. A solid guy, yeah. Yeah, I think that this kid is a, a guy that, as he fills out and becomes even more explosive, this kid could be – I mean, right here he's playing corner, right? He's playing outside here. See the man-to-man ability to turn and run, locate the football. I mean – this this is you you know when you talk about the cornerback position where you say you need guys that can play man to man all over the place. This is that man to man safety I think in this class potentially for Notre Dame. I, if I think he's a, I think his football awareness is off the charts, and I yeah. get that immediately from watching this film. Like he's very aware of what position he's playing and what he needs to do because where you play dictates how you need to play based upon the formation or the defense that's called. And you can see the way he lines up, the way he shades, like he thinks the game. 
based upon where he's at and he's able to be able to do all of that and be asked to do all of that that that's pretty good i, I mean this is this is very solid film and he's a uh, he's another one of these kids on the list that is a big time basketball player as well so the staff was out to see one of his basketball games I love that. over I the last that. couple of weeks i think you see that right sean like this is that kind of that quick twitch explosive you know yeah. type of basketball type of stuff that you would usually see but i really like that he has no he has full willingness to come up and hit man he will stick dudes in the run yeah. game he really will yeah here he is coming downhill, working inside out, meets the running back, able to stop him for no gain, which impressive play. Here he is on the offensive side of the football, hit him on a little slide right out of the backfield. Let that speed burn, man. Let it burn. That's that little Lorenzo Styles, a.k.a. Jaden Thomas route. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. And Oh, here comes the speed, Sean. I'm telling you, man, this kid can run. Like He can that's, run, run. Oh, that's easy speed. Yeah, That's he's, he's tracking. We've seen about four or five clips of him tracking dudes down when he is to ca- catch up for like forty yards away. Like yeah. he can run. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I like him a lot as well. This is Jalen McLean for people that are asking. He's out of Seton Hall he's, in New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, guys. <laughs> We're not showing him because Brian Ryan's from New Jersey. We we think he's. An, Really good football player. He just happens to be from Seton Hall. Look at that speed, Sean. That was an impossible angle he just took, and he still made it there, man. I'm telling you, my guy can run, brother. Can run. Yes, absolutely. We are totally run. unbiased here on Irish Breakdown. I'm I'm never biased, man. I'm never biased. But Sean, I just Yo, said, did you give up? Did you give up the whole jerk social media thing? Oh yeah, I did. I did because. Uh, Someone was a jerk to me unprompted, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be a jerk for now on. I don't care anymore. I don't care. That's fine. You were doing so well. I made a, made it eight days. <laughs> it was hard, too, man. Being a jerk is way more fun. Ugh, gosh. All right, so, Sean, we're, we're going to move up, though, because Jalen McClain's a very talented player. We'll see if Notre Dame is able to get him on campus here this spring or summer. We don't have an update on that one. But we are going to talk a little bit about a player that I know, again, has told me already that he is planning to go to New Jersey. I mean, up to New Jersey, up to South Bend. I'm sorry, I got New Jersey on the mind now. But he is not taking any visits until basketball season is over. And that is Mr. Ricardo Jones, who is another safety, Sean, that is out of the state of Georgia that we've already we've already talked about one in DeMello Jones. We're going to talk about Ricardo Jones now, who is, by the way, not just a good player on his basketball team, Sean. He averaged like 18 plus a game, man. I, I asked him, I was like point blank, like, oh man, are, are you a are you a football player playing basketball or are you a baller? He's like, man, I'm averaging like almost 20 a game. I'm like, okay, all right, I guess you're a baller then. I guess you're a baller. Okay. Listen at six two, six three, a little bit of a longer guy thing. And I think the the thing for me, Sean, is that this kid has range on the back end, man. Like you can see, and there's different ways to create range, right? Like people think like foot speed obviously is a big thing, and and it is for sure. But this kid's long. Like this is Kyle Hamilton-esque range on the back end because he's just got such long strides, man. And, And the best part about him is that I think this is a very high upside athlete because I don't think that he's, I don't think he's incredibly 
like nuanced as a football player right now. I think that this is a dual sport athlete on the high school level that is able to do plays like that because he's just a better athlete than the majority of people that he is going to play against. So Ricardo Jones, high upside athlete that Notre Dame has interest in. I think he's intrigued by Notre Dame, but obviously there's a lot of things to, you know, happen here in this recruitment because he needs to get on campus and basketball season is in full swing. And he is, said that he's not going to take any visits during basketball season, which I respect, man. That's where his attention is right now. You can tell by his movements that he's pretty good in the passing lanes. Yes. Defensively playing basketball. Yes. I'm just watching his feet. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, uh, he, he changes direction pretty well for a six foot three yeah. guy too, Sean. Like yeah. He's not a it hits too. Yeah. I, I like. He caught quick, that. Okay. Quick feet, good hips. Okay, I think that he changes direction well for a guy his size. So, again, a, a guy that I think has a strong safety or a – I mean, we're, we're going to say it as like a field safety body. But this, I think he has free, sif, free safety range and ball skills, though, which makes a really intriguing kind of complementary – well, I don't want to say complementary, a versatile piece on the back ends. Can we Here he is kind of that? playing down to the alley. Look at that closing speed, man. It's nice. Mm-hmm. He has good eyes as a safety, too. That's yes. something that's vitally important. Yep. So and I, one I, play, when he opened up to the field and was able to return back to the boundary to break up that pass yep. down the sidelines. And, and I, I think that he's a player that once he stops playing basketball, he's going to get a lot bigger pretty quickly as far as the weight gain. And I think that the nuance, the position, and when I say nuance, I'm talking about, you know, his, you know, playing in the pedal, taking proper angles, like those types of things. Because I agree, Sean. I think that he has good awareness as a football player. I think he has good eyes. But it's just the nuances of playing the safety position, you know, the the teachable things that you're going to see with a guy like him. Because the talent is outstanding. This is one of the – this is another one of those high upside guys on the board, right? Yeah. This is one of those types of dudes because once he focuses his energy on football and starts to really develop – Physically, this yeah. is a high upside pick, high upside yeah. kid. It's hard not to see a little bit of Kyle Hamilton in this kid, just a little yeah. bit with that body type, man. Very oh, similar cool. body to Kyle coming out of high school. With the safety class, you don't have the elite elite or two elite guys, right? But you have some guys that are like, really in that same bunched up in that same area as far as talent and upside. Yes. Are you comfortable with what the class right now, the six guys right now, like, okay, if we get a combination of these individuals, mm-hmm. this is definitely a step up. Yes. Yeah. From, from a upside person. Cause I, I think the one great thing about 2023 was you got three football players that I all think have pretty good floors for you, yeah, right? I mean, like Ben absolutely. Ben Minich is going to give you a valuable valuable depth at that position at worst, right? Don Schuler is going to be valuable depth at worst, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Brandon Hillman, I think, has a little more upside than both of the players, but he, I think yeah. he also brings a physical style where you know he's going to fill a room if nothing else, right? I mean, does he physically stay there though? He could literally that's, grow. That's question. <laughs> to- I, Sean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a. I mean, like Rover for sure, but I would sp- be surprised if eventually Brandon Hillman's not a will linebacker. Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be totally surprised about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
I've really, yeah, he's, I mean, so you have, I think you've got a lot of floor players in the 2023 class, maybe not as high upside. So if you, if you go to, for for me, like I'm looking at this and I'm like, after the floor players you got in 2023 with the three, you know, very talented safeties, but very high floor players. If you go in this class and you get a Ricardo Jones and a DeMello Jones, like then you're like, Oh, okay. Like that upside is immense, man. Like you can make that happen. You know what I mean? So I'd be very happy with that. And, you know, we'll see what, you know, what the ultimate timeline is for Ricardo as he starts taking visits after basketball season. But another talented player that's on the board. The last guy I wanted to get to before we hit on a couple guys that are new to the board, so we're not going to break them down as much because we don't know as much of the hierarchy of where they stand at the board right now. But we have a couple nice little updates on them. Right. We're going to talk about DeWan Lane. That is a safety out of the state of Maryland, Sean. A kid that we also haven't talked about a ton, but Notre Dame was back down to see this kid multiple times before the dead period. So there is interest here, 100%. Another big safety, man. You see it right there, 6'3", 200 pounds. He is long and explosive. So let's take a look at what he can bring to the table here. You know what's so scary about him being 6'3", 200 already? (laughs) <laughs> it's very scary. He could be another kid that might be – he might be a rover down the line, man, with his body type. He might be. But he can – he's another kid, man. Oh, see that speed turn right there, though? Yeah. That's pretty dang That's good pretty for dang a good. 6'3 guy, man. Pretty right dang good. There's some speed and athleticism here, man. This is another yeah. one of those really rangy type of football players. Here he is playing in the slot, coming down, interception, pick six. Great instincts there. Man, who's the groundskeeper for these fields? These kids are throwing <laughs> some pretty darn good football fields. I know that. Seriously, man. Seriously. Yeah, man. Those uh, those Maryland schools do it right, I guess. I mean, it's pretty nice. Here he well, is on the I offensive guess. side of the football. Another, yeah. another offensive a guy that plays offense. You'll see the ball skills working down the field. Oh, he got a reverse here, Sean. Uh-oh. Get a reverse. Nice. Easy money. Easy money. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, the, that area is heavy on the cross as well. So, True. yeah, I'm sure, yeah, they probably have a lot better practice of keeping the fields. And we've talked a lot about this too, Sean, I know in the past, but Notre Dame needs to do a better job of securing some of these Catholic schools and some of these private schools in the state of Maryland and like the DMV area. So that is, you know, Delaware, Virginia, that is, you know, obviously some of the D.C. area and the Maryland, of course, right? Like they need to get to the Matha Catholics, the St. John's, the, you know, those types of schools. So DeWan Lane's another kid that brings a lot of upside to the table, a lot of size, a lot of length, a lot of explosiveness. And he's got ball skills, man. You see what he's doing on the offensive side of the football. I mean, this kid's a little bit of a freak of nature talent-wise. Yeah, I apologize if I offended anyone. With my comments, I'm just not used to plush football fields up here on the high school level in Chicago. That's not something we do. <laughs> they play they play on gravel. <laughs> play on gravel. Sean, I, 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 I played some semi-pro football here, man, where I played against a lot of Philly schools, and I, I feel the pain on that, man. Like, you would Yo. get tackled, and you'd be like, did I just land on a syringe? Like, what the heck did I just land on, man? <laughs> Look, when I tell you the pinnacle – of high school football as far as fields is Soldier Field in Chicago, and that's probably the worst field in the NFL. That lets you know everything you need to know. That lets you oh, know that's everything funny, you need man. to know. That's too funny. Think, I've gotten so much turf burn from these 
terrible turf fields out here in Jersey too. It was just like, man. come on, man. I'd rather just play on the on the natural grass at this point. Yeah, <laughs> those playing days are behind me now, though, so it doesn't really matter. But like that's when you used to look at the schedule, like, oh man, we got to go there, dude. I, I swear, Sean. So I played on a New Jersey semi-pro team, but there were several Philadelphia teams that were on the on the uh, schedule. And every time I was that we were at a Philadelphia team, I was like, oh man. <laughs> Seriously, I got to go back to play on that field again. <laughs> Come on, man. man. My body hasn't recovered from four weeks ago. <laughs> Another kid with some speed, though, some man. Speed, catch-up speed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got some recovery speed. He's got that length. He's got those long strides. You can see it. But, Sean, again, I, I really think at 6'3", 200 pounds, this, this could be – this could be a rover type eventually if he lands with Notre Dame, or it I could agree. be this could be another Will linebacker. Like this is where the game's going a little bit. Like he has a, he has that size, and you know why I project him to that? If you go watch some of the other guys that are bigger, watch yeah. their gait. Their gait is a little bit smoother. He yeah. runs almost as hard as Tyler Buckner does. Like he runs hard. He's moving, but he runs hard, which leads me to believe, yeah, you put some weight on him. He probably might end up being a little bit faster at the linebacker position than keeping him on the back end. We've seen some of the guys we previously watched. They run fast, they have, but they run smooth. It doesn't even look like they're really running hard. Yeah. So I would easily be able to project him to Rover slash Will linebacker. Yeah, man. He would be a I think he would potentially be a dynamic rover, like yeah. really high upside rover. And honestly, that's why we didn't include, like, some people are going to ask about, like, Tylen Singleton. We didn't include him because Tylen's being recruited as a rover. Like, he's not being recruited as a safety rover. He's being recruited as a rover, and maybe he outgrows that position. I think Notre Dame's in a good spot with a Tylen Singleton out of Louisiana. But he's that's a reason that he's not in this conversation. Did I miss something, man? Miss yeah, something. see, MWJR. He, he, see, that's what I'm saying. He still has scars from Gately Stadium. He, he, what, he the can, what the heck is Gately Stadium? Tell oh, Gately Stadium. It, is, it is like on the south side of Chicago. It is like the stadium that every high school plays at. It's a crown in the middle of the field, right? Nice. So you're running downhill if you're running to the sidelines. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst. You're playing on gravel, man. It's, it's painted gravel. That's what you're playing nice. on. Awesome. Green gravel. So it's so it's comfortable is what you're saying. It's, it's fun Man, to play on. <laughs> it's like a pillow top mattress. It's wonderful. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> but sorry for the little bit of a tangent here at the end, folks. But again, that was Jalen uh, Dewan Lane. Excuse me, I'll say Jalen Lane because we just watched Jalen McLean a second ago. That's Dewan Lane out of Maryland. Again, if you missed any part of this, you know, breakdown of the safeties, we talked about Bronte Johnson, talked about Demelo Jones, Marquise Gallegos, Jalen McLean. Ricardo Jones, Dewan Lane, those are some of the main guys on the board for Notre Dame that we know Notre Dame likes a ton. They've also offered a couple safeties recently that I just want to hit on briefly. We're not going to watch film on these guys just because they've been offered over the last couple weeks. We just don't know where the relationship is as much long-term is with Notre Dame right now. But two players that have had that have already scheduled visits, Sean, which would be interesting. So Kennedy or Lacker? which is out of Chandler, Arizona. Yes, he is the son of Brian Erlacher, former All-Pro Hall of Fame <coughs> linebacker for the Chicago Bears. He will be visiting Notre Dame 
on April 15th with his father and his uncle. They'll be making their first trip to South Bend. Davis Andrews is a safety out of Fork Union High School in Utah. He will be visiting Notre Dame April 22nd for the spring game. So Davis Andrews, Kennedy Erlach are two more talented safeties that were just offered by Notre Dame. But again, we are looking at where those relationships will be, especially after the visit. That will tell us more yeah. about like how serious those both sides of the deal are. But Sean, again, I mean, I really liked I don't know if you've watched Kennedy Urlacher, man, but his yeah, film is watch his film. silly physical. Yeah. <laughs> he just watch his dudes, film, man. And you know what's crazy? His dad started out at the same position. Yeah. Like I remember, like I aged myself when he got the offer. I'm like, yo, I remember when he was born. <laughs> like I literally remember when he, when he was born because I remember his mom. And it was big news in Chicago because his dad was still playing for the Bears. So it was huge news that he had a son. And now, you know, this kid is like being recruited by Notre Dame. It's like, wow, this time flies. That's wild, right. man. Yeah. And, and and this is just my assumption. I don't have any backing to this. But I would think a guy like Brian Urlacher would like Notre Dame because, one, he spent a lot of time in Chicago, right? But he's also a retired NFL player. I'm sure yeah. he values education yeah. and life after football, all that type yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. So. We'll see if that if that moves. I would I would venture to say if I was going to bet my money, I wouldn't see Kennedy Erlacher going to a place like Alabama. Not with Brian Erlacher as his dad, right? He came from New Mexico. Uh, Brian Erlacher when he came to Chicago, he was he was always a very low key guy. He's very and he's very conservative now. You know, people if you follow him politically now, you know he's very conservative, but he's a very much still a small town guy like that's who he is right. at heart you know just he just happened to play in chicago so um yeah the south bend would definitely appeal to the Urlachers. i think so i think so again we'll see how that visit goes on april 15th but i imagine that the uh Erlacher family will be pretty happy with what they see as far as the especially the 44 for 40 pitch i yeah. think it's gonna be big time with them but the mother is key in this. I just want to point yes. that out. Like yes. his dad is his dad, but his mom is very key. Yeah. And then we have Davis Andrews again, safety out of Utah. Yeah. That is gonna be visiting for the spring game. Sean, his his film's talented, man. Like he's got some skills. Six two, 190 pounds. He can move a little bit too. I, I really like that Davis Andrews kid. So look forward to seeing just where Notre Dame makes progress and who they kind of focus on more kind of moving forward. But that's going to do it for the safety talk today. Again, talk corners, talk safeties. That's going to conclude this portion of the podcast, but we're not going anywhere because we're about to hit a mailbag. We already have 30 questions starred. We didn't even start the mailbag <laughs> yet. So we're going to get through as many as we can. Before we move over to the mailbag, though, if you could please just hit the like button on this video, subscribe to the podcast, Hit that notification bell because you never know when me and Sean are going to pop up for a second show of the week. Hit the uh, boards at IrishBreakdown.com if you want latest intel on everything, recruiting, offensive coordinator search, team-related, everything. Make sure to sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Of course, you can go to irishbreakdown.com for the daily content that we put out that is completely free for your all and all your consumption. But five-star reviews are always very much appreciated as well on your favorite podcast platform. But thank you so much for joining this section of the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.